0: I think kids would want the parents and the adults in their lives to know that they're listening more than the parents and the adults in their lives think they are. That they're watching more than the parents in their lives, parents and the adults in their lives think they are. That they are, even when they're yelling and even when they are talking back and even when they're pushing back against the boundaries – they are internalizing the messages that they're getting from, from their parents, from their leaders, mm-hmm. from the adults in their lives. Um, and I think what they would want us to know is don't give up on me, don't give up.
1: Hey, welcome to episode 105 of Bumper Sticker Faith Podcast. My name is Sam Key, and uh, I am here with a friend of mine, Pastor Josh Newton. Josh, welcome to Bumper Sticker Faith. Hello. Thanks for having me, Sam. I am glad to be here. Well, I heard you preach on Sunday, and you did a fantastic job. You ha- But I guess the backstory was... <laughs> that the senior pastor called you and said, Hey, Josh, (laughs) I need a favor. Can you preach in two days? And, uh, and you did, and you did a fantastic job preaching on a very short uh, notice and short verse, just a few verses. And, uh, you also commented that in your 15 years (laughs) of being a, a student pastor, that had never happened to you. This is the first
0: time I've ever In been called context. up right at, at the last minute. Um, I've had to preach on Sunday mornings before. You know, that's yeah. part of just being a pastor. But to be fair, this is the first time ever where, um, you know, I was called because somebody was sick. Actually, this I was the third string. So was <laughs> pastor, uh, pastor Tom was supposed to do it, and then he ended up having to have some surgery. And then Pastor Trey was up next, and— he was sick uh, along with his household, and then so
1: oh, uh, yeah. Wednesday
0: afternoon, Tom called, and he's like, "Hey, would you mind?" And I was like, you know, we're called you to know, be ready. You know, and I think,
1: yeah, I think people are surprised too when the youth pastor does such a phenomenal job, because they're not aware that in youth ministry, you're the workhorse of the church. <laughs> I believe, like you have to teach. Probably, I mean, there's different phases mm-hmm. of youth ministry, but sometimes you have to like teach or preach three or four times a week, oh, yeah. week after week after week, for year yeah. on end. It's like so you're used to speaking and <laughs> and touching people because when you're speaking to youth, it's like there's a gun to your head, and it's like, tell me what this means to my life, or else, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to make uh, theology practical. And you sure did that. You did a great job. And I heard great feedback, too.
0: Yeah, it was a joy. It was a joy. It was a hard passage. And this is one where usually when you get called up last minute, they say, hey, use whatever you've got (laughs) in your back pocket. This time, Tom was like, I want to finish the series. So can you preach on these many verses? And uh, by the way, there's some heavy stuff in here. So
1: yeah, I thought but you're it did gonna make do, it fun. Yeah, I thought you were gonna do the back pocket thing, and when you said that you're gonna continue with that, I thought, oh boy, it's <laughs> good.
0: You, not everybody picked up on that, it, yeah, and you picked that's up good. on it because it, no, well, but yeah. I
1: knew you could do it <laughs> because because you're a student pastor. So everybody, this is uh, Pastor Josh Newton. As I said, he's a pastor of the Orchard Church in the um, Chicagoland area, and you've been doing that for 15 years. And I'm sure you're aware that the average lifespan of a student pastor is about a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how how have you kept going for 15 years? Let's let's start there.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good question, and and it is something where I what I will say is I do feel like I was called to youth ministry specifically. Not everybody has that calling on their life yeah. uh, who's a pastor, but I remember. I think it was ninth or 10th grade uh, when I was at, at a youth group meeting. It was during a time of prayer. Uh, I won't say it was like an audible call, but it was mm-hmm. It was very close to that where it was really this feeling from the Spirit, whereas, hey, I've got you set apart uh, to to be a pastor to students. And it kind of freaked me out. And uh, one, because I couldn't speak in front of people. Mm-hmm. Two, I was super shy. And three, not that popular. Um, so it was one of those things yeah. where like, I, I don't know – Lord, if this is going to happen, only you can do it. Uh, yeah. But as time went on and as I went to, uh, first I went to Appalachian State University, so I didn't go immediately into Bible college because my parents actually thought that this was crazy because they're like, Josh, you can't, yeah, you can't speak in front of people. How can you be a pastor if you can't yeah, yeah. do that? Which yeah. valid fear, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and it was a way to honor my parents. I went to mm. state school, failed actually public speaking. Um wow. in class I did the most poorly wow. in while I was there. Uh, but yeah, something happened in seminary when I went after after college and the Lord just gave me that ability and over time been able to develop it. But I just have this great love uh, for students for that mm-hmm. age, for sixth through twelfth grade. Um, just such a great time where kids are really searching and mm-hmm. they also know that there's so much they don't know. So they're asking lots of questions. Uh, I just find it, it, it's such a wonderful time of just exploring who you are, uh, what the world is all about. And so it just opens the door. Plus, they're like lifelong learners at this mm-hmm. point. They've been you know, in school for so long that they're in that mode of trying to think through stuff. And yeah, so my hope and my goal is to be a youth pastor until I'm 85 years old. That is the <laughs> yeah. goal.
1: Wow. Now, uh, also, I just want to do a little footnote on this that I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I probably have I don't know, 10 to 15 consistently in the hopper. And I've never heard a youth pastor on a podcast before. I don't know if you have. Now, there's probably some youth pastors out there who have started podcasts.
0: I, but Those I, are the podcasts I know. It's the Youth Ministry okay, Podcast. So okay. I, Rooted Ministries has a lot of really good podcasts. Okay, so and you're a
1: part of Rooted Ministries.
0: Yes. So okay. I, I'm a uh, on the steering committee. So, And that's okay. just a fancy way of they bring me in and ask, questions and uh, I just get to kind of sit back and hear all the amazing stuff wow. that Rooted is doing. Uh, it's a, it's a great ministry and a great resource for youth pastors out there. Yeah. Super gospel centered. Yeah.
1: So I say that though, I mentioned about the podcast though, because I don't want people to turn off this episode because <laughs> you know, there's a youth pastor on <laughs> it. Like this is such an important part of God's kingdom yeah. and his work in this world. That we we actually need to sit up and pay attention to the kind of work that you're involved in, mm-hmm. and it's especially for 15 years you've seen a, a generation, mm-hmm. like and and you've seen how students have changed over the years, and um, like right 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 now I have a a group of friends who are in their 20s so significantly mm. younger than me but they're in their 20s and the kinds of things that i hear from them um like to the effect of we never we don't want to have kids for instance mm. yeah. because and i ask them why because they have no hope for the future right sure. and these are um some of my non-churched friends but but still it's like we're seeing something culturally that I haven't seen before. People are not excited to get married, not excited to have kids, not excited about the future. So I guess, how have you seen uh, students and student ministry change over the years? And do you see something maybe different within your ministry than that bleak outlook? Or or is there even a tension there?
0: Yeah, um, I... I think you're right. I think out in the world, we are seeing that that hopelessness, um, that despair, that mm-hmm. idea of, yeah, I don't want to have kids because I don't want to bring them up in, in this world. Um, the reality within uh, uh, the ministry at our church and, and with the kids I'm seeing who are engaged in that biblical gospel-centered they do have hope. They do, Mm -hmm. they they haven't fallen into despair. So I I think there is this dichotomy between the world and uh, Mm -hmm. those within the church. Um, and so like, you know, I've married quite a few of our students and actually Mm -hmm. at quite a young age and, Mm -hmm. um, they do have a lot of hope for the future, uh, not hope in a sense that the world is going to get better, uh, but a hope in the sense that they're going to be okay because mm-hmm. the Lord is with them and the Lord is the rock, their shield, their strength. Um, he is the one who gives them strength. Um, and uh, that's one of the things I, I really do teach on. And that's why I love First and Second Peter, which is what I, I got mm-hmm. to teach on First Peter, um, it, especially Second Peter, just talking about how do we live as exiles or mm-hmm. even First Peter. That idea of elect exiles. So giving our students an understanding of, Hey, you are in a world where, yeah, you, this isn't your home. And so how do we live within that world? Um, so that's where, I mean, I've seen a lot of hope within our kids. And what's neat is I'm seeing them be more evangelistic than I've ever seen before. Mm. And I've seen kids who are coming in with no Bible background at all, uh mm-hmm. really digging in and wanting, because they, they're in that space where your friends are, where there's so much despair, so much like, where's the hope? And then well, we have the hope of the world. We mm-hmm. have that answer that they're looking for. And I, you know, how has youth ministry changed? Well, mm-hmm. we've gotten rid of a lot of the games, a lot of mm-hmm. the, those, you know, fun things, the big activities that bring lots of kids in. Um, what I'm finding that brings kids in is studying the Bible, is mm-hmm. Bible study is why wow. our kids come on Wednesday nights Bible study wow. is why our Sunday school is growing and to the fact where we have kids inviting friends to Sunday school which mm-hmm. I'd never seen before but that's like that's happening now <laughs> to um, Sunday
1: school specifically Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah come Yeah I heard I've 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 heard that and I've I've observed that about our culture today like there there is a shift like even apologetically defending the faith like we've mm-hmm. shifted from uh, like the Josh McDowell evidence demands a verdict, like that has its I guess its place and its time. But these days I think uh people just want a better story. <laughs> like and they see that yeah. the Bible offers a better story uh in you know, overall uh to what they're hearing uh in the world. And, and just open and the Bible. <laughs>
0: Right? You know what's funny? Um, you, you say that about Josh McDowell, and uh, you know one of the things I do is a book club with our kids, and we read through all these great books. And mm-hmm. it, it's funny—we're reading through C.S. Lewis's *Mere Christianity*, which is a yeah, lot like that Josh fantastic. McDowell. You know, but it—it—it's funny. The reason we're reading it, I, I just am realizing this as I was reading another book that talks about—that uh, uh, was talking about why this guy read a lot of C.S. Lewis, and it's not necessarily because of the arguments, but it's just because of his tone. It's mm-hmm. because of the way he engages with the world. It's, and it's so even different than what we expect or experience in life. And so C.S. Lewis is really yeah. helping us understand how yeah, to yeah. talk to others about the hope that yes. we have. Not just here's the X, Y, and Z. Here's why it logically makes sense. What's neat is that's what our kids are picking up on, mm-hmm. how it logically makes sense. But they're also getting that idea of, oh, here's how we talk to people who don't know who Jesus mm-hmm. is, what he has done, why actually believing in the things of faith makes sense and actually is good. And so, yeah.
1: So how do you, uh, like, quote unquote, do student ministry? Do you have what they call a philosophy of student ministry? <laughs> like, you know, get them to, uh, I don't know, get them to first base and second base, uh, you know, that that kind of a, a program or, or what's your overall philosophy of ministry?
0: Yeah. So I, I'm a little unique maybe in that my philosophy of ministry, I, I never came up with a youth ministry, you know, philosophy of ministry. Cause I really do think that the youth ministry's philosophy of ministry should be the same philosophy as the church. Mm. And so I have just adopted, this is our church's philosophy of ministry. Mm. This is our church's mission statement. And, yeah. and we are not this segmented group from the church. We are part of the church. And Mm -hmm. so my philosophy is the same, like I said, as the churches, So my number one place I want our kids to be is in the worship service. I think that's the most important place Mm -hmm. for our students to be. Um, it might sound weird, but yeah, if our kids only have one place to be on a Sunday morning, uh, I want them in church with their mom Mm -hmm. and dad singing worship songs, hearing the gospel proclaimed, hearing the gospel read, prayed, sung, and, um, and preached. And so, number one, that's where our kids need to be. Now, you know, I am a youth pastor and I do, we do do different things throughout the week. So, we have like a Wednesday night youth group um, and a Sunday morning Bible study or Sunday morning Sunday school and then book club and that kind of thing. Um, those things are secondary to the main thing, which is the gathering of God's people week in and week out. Because my goal is when these kids leave here, they find a church home of their own. Mm. Um, And if the thing that's bringing them to church Mm -hmm. is the youth ministry, uh, I'm fearful that they won't find a church because youth group is really just part of a unique stage of life. Mm -hmm. And uh, because they have the most time that they will ever have and, you know, most free time that they'll ever have. So, yeah, that's uh, so how do we do ministry? We do. We open the Bible on Wednesday nights. Um, I preach for 30 minutes. To middle schoolers and high schoolers uh, alike. Um, we read really good theologically rich books with them to engage their minds in that way. We have leaders who uh, walk with them. They do small groups uh, 30 minutes each week where they're prayed for and they pray for one another. Um, they get to build that community together. We also we have food uh, <laughs> which is uh something that was new this year we actually share a meal together uh before oh, wow. youth group starts it's it's so i've taken a big hit to our budget uh mm. by just saying hey um what did jesus do <laughs> yeah absolutely so let's just we're gonna yeah, eat he, he ate. yeah yeah and yeah. it's neat that brings some kids in and they share a meal together they're hanging out and so uh, there's not a lot of structured time to begin with, but what I'm finding is we start at seven. I've got kids coming at six fifteen, six thirty, six forty five. You know, they're coming early so that they can hang out together. They they mm-hmm. do crave that community, and I don't have to force it to make it happen. It just, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. The, one of the hard parts if you're a if you're a church in a suburban area um, mm-hmm. where people are coming from. Farther away in many, di- many different zip codes and and like you have a student program and they don't all share the same high school because yeah. typically kids will just go to the kids with their own high school and hang out with them. But if all the kids in your group go to different high schools, which is the case here, basically, mm-hmm. then you have to create an alternative experience, shared experience that they have right. together, right? Yeah. So you're creating a new, a new kind of community uh, mm-hmm. and – and I can see how food would be uh, an excellent, a tasty part of that. It
0: is a tasty part, and, and but it's not without its challenges. I mean, absolutely, mm-hmm. because of the fact. It's funny because that is what a lot of parents want. They want they come and they're like, "Well, who's who? You know, do you have any kids from this school?" I'm like, "Not really," but most of our kids do come from different schools, and so. Mm-hmm. But that's the unique thing about church. Church should be a place where people are yeah. coming from all different walks of life, all different yeah. areas. Yeah. You know, I mean, as an adult. I don't, you know, most of the people who are coming in, they don't work with the same people that they go to church. That's in. right. You know, right. It, it's, it's, it's a whole, and what that means is it is difficult. Friendships are hard. There's going to be mm-hmm. conflict and mm-hmm. that's okay. That's part of it.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's a word of of encouragement and wisdom, I think for, for churches, whether student or adult ministry, like mm-hmm. you have to find that shared identity, the thing that they don't have anywhere else but when they come to your church. So for instance, at the orchard, they built uh, a cafe uh, (laughs) recently. And at first I thought, oh, that seems like an awful waste of money. I mean, I really didn't think that too long, but the more I thought about it, I realized like we're creating a space where a new identity can be shaped and formed and where people can have this experience together because we don't all work together, right? Right. Yeah, so this is very important. It's the
0: local gathering. It's the body of believers coming together, and it's that shared space. It's important, and it you're right. Yeah. It does sound crazy uh, to spend money. But th- that's to like make a, a space. lesson. That,
1: that's a lesson you could learn from youth ministry, <laughs> though. What other yeah. what other lessons? What other lessons could the whole church learn from students and from student ministry? Oh.
0: Yeah, that's I like that. What um, <clears throat> uh, I think one of the best lessons, one of the things I love, especially working with kids and, and a lesson that we all can learn is our, our students, especially, and this is something that tried to cultivate. They're not afraid of asking hard questions. Um, Mm. and so I think we can learn that from them. Uh, hard questions are good and it's okay to wrestle with questions that you don't know the Mm -hmm. answer to, or you're scared what the answer might be. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one of the, we do a thing called Josh's jar every week where kids write down different questions and, and I am just blown away at the Mm. depth of some of these questions. And they're really, they're, they're just they're curious. And um, the more we can as a church embrace that curiosity, embrace mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and a lot of times those questions come from like a place of doubt. They doubt, mm-hmm. you know, the goodness of God. They doubt who like God is real. They d- And so the, the idea of doubt having a place within uh, the life of the church and to be able to like honestly express it and work through it and walk with somebody and not have a good mm. cookie cutter answer, but have yeah, something yeah. to start with. And uh, yeah. And that's one of the things also, it's like the, our kids love to come to me with questions and I don't always answer their questions. And I think mm-hmm. That's, That's good, too. Good. It's the idea. is like, hey, let's look together. Let's try to mm. figure out where would we go? How would we uh, uh, figure out this this answer? Here is some scripture. What do you think this means? And what are the implications from it? You know, and then rather than me being the expert and them being the, you know, it's like the, no, I want to teach them to do this on their own. So mm. that being vulnerable, I think also, I think our kids are great at being vulnerable even though they try to hide it but they actually they do come to a place like if we could do that in the church if we could be open and honest and share yeah like that's something we can learn from these kids there's yeah the word it's amazing
1: honesty stood out to me from that the curiosity mm-hmm. and honesty because mm-hmm. yeah when we get older we there's all issues become taboo and we don't want mm-hmm. to touch them and we think well we should know the answer or good Christians shouldn't ask those questions and we're or, or we immediately fall into judgment rather than to be curious about certain issues and kids are hearing you know depending on where they go to school but they're hearing about these kinds of things that all day things. long and yeah uh, but that spirit of curiosity and honesty um wow i would i would love to have a josh's jar <laughs> uh I, and if anybody listening here wants to add a question to Josh's jar, I will officially put it in there. <laughs> just leave a comment, and I'll get it to him. I
0: like it. I like it.
1: What can you uh, think of any uh, questions that have stood out to you over the over the time that you've had Josh's jar?
0: Oh, I wish I had brought some of them with me because there's just there's so many and they're so good. Um, you know, every, everything from you know how do I interact with my friend. Who, uh, like, you know, everything, how do I interact with my friend who, uh, is gay? How do I interact with my friend who doesn't believe in Jesus? How do I interact with my friend who, uh, you know, yeah. has been hurt by somebody within the church, you know, all those type of questions. But then also, uh, like, what did Jesus mean when he said, and then, fill in the blank. There's a lot of just anytime he said something crazy, uh, they ask those questions, which is great. It's like, well, what do you like, let's look. What yeah. what's the context? Where was he talking? Yeah. Um, you know, they'll they'll also ask um uh questions about suicide, questions about um uh, different sins, like you know, what does the Bible say about this? And so sometimes I say, hey, we got to, okay, what what does the Bible say about homosexuality? What does it say about gender identity? What Those are those are big ones because that's just mm-hmm. out, out in the open and the kids are asking those questions. What do we do? Like there was one question recently, like, hey, um, you know, all of a sudden there's a tampon machine in the boy's bathroom. What do mm-hmm. we do about this? And so I love that question. I think it's like, you know, a kid who's wrestling with, uh, uh, okay, I – I don't know what to do with this. This is this is different, and I so I you know I got up and said, hey, there's a couple things we can't do. We can't mock it. We can't make fun mm-hmm. of it. We can't uh, deface it. Uh, I think you walk into your bathroom and you see that, and you pray mm-hmm. for those who are struggling with this gender identity issues. You pray for the school that thinks it needs to do this. You pray Mm -hmm. for your own heart that you might love others well, um, who don't know the Lord and don't know their identity is found in Mm him. Uh, You know, so this is like, so I, I, I kind of tried to flip the script often where with their questions, it's how can we bring the gospel into what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. And so,
1: yeah. Wow. You see, those are the, those are the kinds of things (laughs) where like if I, as an adult or if any adults listening walked into their bathroom at work and saw the same thing, I doubt if they're going to be bringing that question to any any of the leadership of the church. Mm -hmm. They just wouldn't. Um, And it's refreshing and encouraging and inspiring that a student would do that. And Mm -hmm. the end that you would take the time honestly to validate their question and answer with the kind of answer that you gave. I mean, that's even a, th- a third level of that, to not mock it, not deface it, but pray for it, pray for the school, and so forth. That's that's real wisdom for real issues that are really happening in people's lives, and student ministry brings that out. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm t- excited for you and for uh, the student ministry uh, in general. What are some um, misconceptions you think that the rest of the church has about student ministry. I, you kind of named one that we think that all you do all day is uh, eat pizza and play games. Yeah, right?
0: that strategy doesn't work anymore. I, really, the, the 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 reality is uh, that doesn't bring kids in. And uh, so that's a misconception and that's a big one. Um yeah, I, I think the misconception that kids don't care, uh, that they don't want to go deep, that they're all just on their video games, they're stuck in their phones, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're complacent, um, you know, it, it, it's, no, these kids actually, they do care. They do want to go deep. They do want to think through hard things. They do want to study the Bible. They do want to pray together. They do want to invite their friends uh, to church. um. You know, uh, I I think they can see some of the kids running around and uh, either with their heads in their phones. Uh, Often the reason a kid's head is in this phone is because, you know, he's uncomfortable. He is awkward and is not sure about how to engage with other people. And so, you know, I I think there can be a lot of anger at that kid for doing that. But I think we Mm. should have compassion. It's like this kid just this is a it's a safety blanket for him you know, just as much as like the kid who used to come with like a book and just sort of read the book. Mm-hmm. You know, we we had that kid too. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. So the idea of, yeah. Um, that's a, a yeah. A misconception. And I, I think also you said misconceptions, right? That's what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Yeah. 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 The, the idea that, um, kids don't want, uh, don't want to come. They don't want to be a part of this. Now it's possible that a kid does say, Hey, I don't want to go. Um, And I think often that is, uh, I think they want to be here more than they let on. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. they do that just because mom and dad wants them to come. And so it's like, what's the one thing that I can push back on while I can say this thing? Um, Yeah.
1: uh, Yeah. Hmm. Do you have any, uh, like, rituals or rites of passage that you do as part of the ministry?
0: So I, I'm i going to take this a little bit of a different way. One of the things I love, for, because we don't really have rituals, uh, there's a couple hmm. things we do when they're seniors, uh, like w- give them an opportunity to stand and speak to the whole youth group. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's probably the biggest ritual that we're doing Mm -hmm. right now, is they stand up and uh, they get to share some senior reflections, and I encourage them to use the word, use the scriptures. Um, This is. I have started to do this with both my kids who are following Jesus and the ones who aren't. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the ones who aren't following Jesus, I ask them to be very honest about their struggle with faith. And so they get up and they just sort of share what it is they've been going through and that mm-hmm. i has i have found has been actually encouraging both to our leaders and to our students uh, as well um so that that's a senior thing so that happens mm-hmm. at youth group uh every year at the end of the year we do a um of your celebration. I think that, that that would be a ritual. Yeah, this is something mm-hmm. to celebrate the work that God has done in the lives of our students throughout the year. And so we have about six to eight testimonies. So kids get up and they share testimonies of how they've seen the Lord work, either in a small group or at a conference or uh, mm. at their school. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, They get up and they, they share, and that's something they write out ahead of time. And then they send to me and we talk about, and uh, just, and and it's a very encouraging night. Our parents come in, all parents are invited. So I make, I actually moved away from like the graduation night because what I found was it was just the senior parents who showed up to Mm. that. And so this is one that's, Hey, the whole, like the whole, Church family, you know, if you've got a kid, come, come and see mm-hmm. what the Lord has done. And that actually might be something. Maybe we open that to the whole church. That might be really cool. Mm. Um, but the idea here is just like, let's celebrate the way that the Lord has worked. And then it's also an opportunity for either me or I invite sometimes Pastor Tom or Pastor um try to come in and share the gospel and give like a little encouragement to our students before they go off to summer, like a 10 minute. But that gives us a chance because we do have actually a lot of non-believers and unchurched kids who come to our ministry. That's another maybe misconception that it's all church kids. No, we've Mm -hmm. got, I'd say about a third of our group right now, it comes from the outside. And so when their parents come, they have no like Background In the Bible as well. And so Mm -hmm. it gives them a chance to hear the gospel and sing some of the songs that are gospel centered. And then at the end of the night, of course, we eat pizza uh, together and uh, gives them a chance to interact with some other uh, members of the church, which is really cool. That's the big Mm -hmm. ritual. Um, Like I said, I've kind of moved away from having that, like, especially that graduation from middle school to high school, Mm -hmm. because what I found is that was the place where we were losing the most kids. And Mm so putting a bow on their middle school experience kind of felt like it was, you've graduated. Now you can move out. And so we actually don't highlight that transition too much. And what we found is, is we have a better retention rate than we used to. Um, In fact, we, we even see more kids coming in as they Mm -hmm. get older. Um, Yeah. So that's cool.
1: Let's talk about uh, adult volunteers, if Mm -hmm. if that's okay. Or some of your volunteers that, that help. What, so someone who's listening may have noticed a vibrant youth ministry or or maybe maybe even the lack of a youth ministry in their church. And they thought, well, could I do that? What are the kinds of things that you're looking for in an adult uh, leader or volunteer? Yes,
0: I'm looking for someone who loves Jesus, somebody mm-hmm. who has been rescued and redeemed, somebody who knows they've been ransomed, understands the hope of the gospel, um, and just really wants to share that with others um Mm -hmm. i think a lot of adults get scared working Mm -hmm. with kids um and uh i I just want to say it's way easier than you think it is um you know middle schoolers i think they just like if you care about them um they're gonna like you that's that's really all that it takes Mm -hmm. it's like the if you show that you care um and, and and my biggest thing with, especially with leaders, it's like the, you don't have to understand their world at all. Um, Mm -hmm. in fact, that's sometimes helpful because then you can just ask questions when they start sharing stuff about the things they're into. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're into skateboarding and you know nothing about skateboarding, well, that's awesome. They get to tell you about skateboarding and so they get to, and, and then you've got a relationship there and it's okay. So the idea of I think there's no excuse as far as, you know, Oh, I'm not that hip. I'm not that cool. Well, welcome me neither. I'm definitely not cool. Uh, and so, but I, but I love these kids. And so the idea of Mm -hmm. even if you just remember, Hey, you had a play last week, how'd that go? You know, that's a huge in, um, and the idea of just having adults who love the Lord and will be pointing these kids to the Lord. That's what I'm looking for. That's it. And, uh, Really, anybody in the church who's been saved can do that.
1: Have you seen? I love that answer, by the way, because like you, you people get intimidated because they think (laughs) they need to be trendy or hip, or um, I guess kids see through that also, and and that's where
0: one of the things also that I love about our ministry, and one of the things part of the ministry that I'm part of, rooted. Uh, this idea of intergenerational ministry. So we have volunteers who are in college, volunteers who are in their twenties, their thirties their forties mm-hmm. up into their sixties. And so we've got college kids, parents and grandparents who are serving. And I think that's healthy. And so I don't yeah. think there's like a certain age you have to be. Um,
1: have you yeah. seen how, uh, how it's impacted the actual adult volunteers Oh yeah, uh, doing youth ministry?
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that, that always surprises our adults when they first come in is how the kind of questions our kids are asking, mm-hmm. and it makes them be like, "Oh, I got to think about it. like <laughs> these are good questions." <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and yeah. so they, you know, and that's where also like the whole tell them, "Hey, you're not going to have every mm-hmm. answer," and so and that's mm-hmm. okay. One of the best things you can say to a kid who's asking you a question about the Bible is, "I don't know. Let's mm-hmm. let's figure this out together." Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I think that's where. Uh, I've seen a lot of fruit in our leaders is is they get to study. And, you know, there's you get to study the Bible again on another day of the week. So coming in and listening to another sermon and then talking about it with kids, like that's going to nourish your soul. And then another mm-hmm. thing that I require of all of our leaders is that they pray for their kids every week by name. And so that is, the, you know, they're pleading with the Lord for the souls of our children. Like wow. <sighs> that'll... I mean, if that won't impact your life, I don't know what will. But it's the idea of you get to play a role in the salvation of these students. God mm-hmm. uses you and your prayers to save these kids. I mean, like, how cool is that?
1: Now, um, you've been doing this for for fifteen years. If that's that's two thousand and eight, is that correct?
0: 2000, yeah, I think it was 2009. So it's okay. almost 15 years at yeah. the orchard. And so I was, a like I, I volunteered at a church back in college doing youth ministry.
1: Uh, so when you started, yeah. though, because I'm leading to technology mm-hmm. and, yes. and social media questions, when you started, <laughs> there was uh, no
0: such thing uh, for yeah. kids. Yeah, they weren't yeah. allowed on those platforms.
1: Yeah, and and phones were just getting you know developed and texting was I don't even know if it existed actually I do remember in 2000 and 2004 there's a kid at the church I was at and he kept reaching in his pocket and doing something I'm like what is this what is wrong with this kid and he was he was able to text without looking from his pocket and I'm like text what is texting
0: he was pressing uh, buttons multiple yeah, times for yeah, each multiple letter times, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So you've been around since, you know, the beginning of this kind of social media anyways, but how have you seen that impact kids' lives? What are some of your, I get? what are some of your fears about it and, and some of the things that uh, g- concerns you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, one of my fears is when we don't talk about it enough and the hmm. idea of um this is the reality the world is connected and our kids have access to phones, even if you don't give them a phone. I mean, I, I know of kids who go out and buy their own track phones, you know, and it has access to all those things um, or get it from a friend or mm. there's so many ways that they can get access to it. So the idea of early on, um, you know, communicating with kids, uh, what these are for, how you use them well, walking in wisdom. And then um, I, I think my fear is, um, for our kids is they can easily get into trouble and then want to hide it and so mm. i've seen that happen yep. multiple times at, at everything from a sixth grader to a 12th grader so this isn't mm-hmm. just like for the older kids this is the younger kids too where they you know get in over their heads they've done something they shouldn't have done and then they don't know what to do and so um That's my biggest fear is that they feel like they can't, they don't have anyone safe Mm -hmm. that they can come Mm -hmm. and confess to. And often it's not their fault. Yes, they might have done something wrong, but they were coerced into it. Their kids. Uh, Their kids. They have no idea what they're doing. Their kids. Yes. And so the idea of like, so this is my, that's my fear is that they, they hide Mm -hmm. and then they get into that habit of hiding mm-hmm. uh, because that's the worst thing you can do with sin is, is to hide. Absolutely. And so uh, that's my fear. Um, I think that mm. with that comes the opportunity uh, that mm. us as leaders and parents have uh, to when we give them this technology, when they have it, uh, to really open up and say, hey, you might get into a situation where you're confused. You may have think you've done something wrong. Uh, mm. You may be about what's happening i know that please let us know please mm-hmm. we want to help you we want to walk with you we want to and, and, and praise the lord i've had many families over the years come and say hey can we come and sit down with you like something's happened and then we sit and we talk about it and praise the lord we have a lot of kids who will confess to their parents and then their parents walk beside them and help them um you know, and, and it it it's always going to be a battle. It's always going to be a temptation. There's always ways around the safeguards that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, but to be able to be a place where kids open up is is huge. Now, you were asking about the things we should fear about it. Let me tell you, that on the flip no, side, well, well that yeah. that is a
1: that is a big fear though. Like, oh, yeah, in, absolutely. In, in my book, that in my book that's probably one of the great the the greatest. I don't know catastrophes of mm-hmm. it, of of hiding and not feeling safe, mm-hmm. and it growing and growing and growing, and having this atmosphere where kids don't feel safe, yeah. to share and to open up because then that carries on into. Adopt. I mean, yeah. that's bumper sticker faith right yeah. there, where you think you have to always have the right answer, be the right kind of person, act yeah. the right kind of way, and. If your life doesn't conform to that, you'll just, you know, slap your bumper sticker on it, uh, yeah. try to m- make everybody think everything's okay. And yeah. this thing's yeah. just growing in it and it, um, it undermines you, literally takes the ground out from under you and sinks you. Yeah. And so to me, that's, that's one of the biggest thing. And it reminds me of, um, I remember early on in my dog's life <laughs> when he just wouldn't listen, he was out in the back and like, I trying to get him inside and i thought i smelled a skunk and i'm like frantic trying to get just get inside and i'm like yelling at him like get inside and he's not listening and then a a little light went on my head and and i heard god say hey would you come to me if i screamed at you i'm like no i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't and he and it was like try being gentle try offering a treat try being encouraging yeah and then i thought of the verse you know god's kindness leads us Mm. to repentance Mm. and so having the 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 atmosphere of hey i love what you said like uh, early on when kids get technology and that letting them know that hey you're going to encounter these things it's going to be confusing i struggle you know with with certain issues and that and I want. I want to always have an open door. You know, be kind, um, in order to draw that kid and open them up. Yeah. So there's no hiding. So.
0: And I think also even periodically checking in and talking mm. with the kids about hey how's everything going on that phone? Anything that you're concerned about, anything that I can help you with, anything that you need to confess. I mean, that's where I think the idea of just bringing it to light, like, hey, yeah, you yeah. Know, especially as they're getting older, you know, hey, are you struggling with pornography on your phone? Are you struggling with, you know, your friends asking you to send pictures that, that you know mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't? Um, you know, so just saying it rather, because the kids already know it and it's already... You know, so just to say it gives them that opportunity. Now, yeah, to be yeah. fair, if they're stuck in that, they might not say yes automatically right mm-hmm. away, but at least they know they can. And yeah. so that's the, And if and, you're but, asking
1: regularly, mm-hmm. then it's it's not a big yeah. it's not a big deal. No, quote unquote, right. big deal. It's it's just part of the routine. And that, I think, yeah. uh, diminishes the power, too.
0: And then how you respond when they come and they confess is a big there deal. You go. And so yeah. and also know you might blow it you might you know yell and scream how could you you know Mm. you you know we raised you better than this and you could say Mm. all those horrible hurtful things and then like this is where I pray that when we say stuff like that we will go back to our kids and say I'm sorry the Mm. way I responded was hurtful it was wrong um forgive me um this is Mm. I know this is hard for you to come and confess. Thank you for doing this. This is how, you know, this is how we are, uh, how we experience that feeling of forgiveness is mm-hmm. through the confession confession is so important. And so I'm sorry that the way I reacted was I'm going to do better next time. You know, that kind of thing where, um, yeah, where we're quick to confess, even as, even as adults, even as parents, we're going to mess up and yeah,
1: that's fantastic. Now you're going to say something about oh. on, a, on a negative side.
0: Yeah, so that More was the negative, negative stuff. Those are the things yeah, I'm yeah. afraid of. With And I think that's the biggest thing is I'm just afraid of kids hiding. Um, yeah. But the thing I love about social media that has happened recently is uh, the way our kids are using, uh, uh, oh, what is it, the uh, Instagram. Our students right now are part of uh, – campus life and they've started their own little Bible study at church called Mm -hmm. uprising. And so they're using it as opportunities to share gospel messages on Mondays and Thursdays. And so, and multiple ones of them. they're doing this mini mic Mondays and you know, these uh, I can't even remember what the Thursday ones like theological corner Thursday or something. And so, they are basically doing mini sermons on these little microphones and they put it on their stories. And so people are hearing it. Their peers are hearing them proclaim the gospel. (laughs) Like they're going through right now. I, I think, uh, yeah, Katie and Lucy and, um, uh, Sarah, uh, these are seniors in our, in our high school ministry. And they're, they're basically, they're, they're preaching and then they're sharing each other's little sermons and yeah, they're yeah. they're opening up they're, they're going through the i am statements of jesus which is what we looked at last year and it's neat to see them pick and pull some things that they heard me say but then also stuff that they see that i didn't yeah. necessarily say which yeah. is like as a youth pastor i'm like yes they're 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 making it their own. They're seeing stuff. Wow. You know, I could, there's only so much I can bring out in a 30 minute sermon. There's so much depth mm-hmm. in all of that stuff. And so it's just neat to see them putting those pieces together and then using social media, this thing that we see that can be so evil. They're using <laughs> it for good. And so that's where it's like, you know, I'm scared on the one hand, but on the other hand, I have hope because I see.
1: They're it recapturing being, it, a repurposing tool. it. Yeah, yeah, I I love that. That's great. It's encouraging too. Um, uh, what what are some of the things that are influencing students a lot these days? As far as I don't know if it's certain um, social media things, if if it's certain trends, um, schools more or teachings or.
0: Yeah, I you know I mean I think it's. It's what's always been influencing kids. It's, it's, it's music, you know, music is a big teacher of, uh, the things of life. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, yes. I mean, school, of course, parents, adults, really it's anywhere that they are, they're being influenced by those things. And so, um, yeah, social media and that's where our YouTube, I mean, that's the,
1: <laughs> I find mm-hmm.
0: that's what they're on the most, which is surprising. And that's where I'm getting old. I don't know all the different things out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm on TikTok and I, I enjoy that, but it's like, yeah, I don't think they're on it as much. So, it, and that's the hard, that's, I'll tell you, that's one of the most difficult new things about youth ministry that wasn't as hard earlier on Mm -hmm. because like earlier on I could reference a movie. I could reference a TV show and I could reference a song and it would be a shared experience because everybody had like, and I grew up in a small town, so we only had like five radio stations. So really everybody was listening to the same music. And so I could like bring what they were listening to in, but now with our kids having Spotify, they have like a million different mm-hmm. stations they can listen to. And, and what's neat is some of them are listening to the stuff I grew up on. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. But at the same time, it's like there is that no mm-hmm. shared experience anymore. And so I, I, I think that's the whole it's, – it's why that's a hard question to ask. What are they being influenced mm-hmm. by? Um, everything. I mean it's like the – and every kid is different. Some kids are being influenced by the library. They're just – picking out all the books that are on that shelf that is recommended by staff. Some Mm -hmm. of our kids are being influenced by TikTok. Some of them are being influenced, but it's like, they're not all the same. Every kid is being influenced by a different stream. Um, Which is why having adults in their life who love the Lord, who appoint them to Mm -hmm. Jesus is super important, which is why coming to church every week is so important because that's going to influence their life. Coming to Sunday school, coming to youth group, those are things that- well, no, the kids. I mean, the, okay. the, the kids going will be influenced by okay. those places because they're going to be influenced by the things they're exposed to.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of making them go to those things. Mm.
1: Yeah. What, what do you think a student would want to, would want their parents to know? Like if you were to think of, as you hear students' hearts and, you know, mm-hmm. their struggles and maybe issues they're dealing with and, like, w- what do you think a-, a wish that they, they like, they would wish their parents to know? Because there's there's parents yeah. that are listening to this. Yeah, yeah. And grandparents. And where are kids' hearts? What do they, maybe be a voice for, for them, speak some of the things that they are maybe hesitant or afraid mm-hmm. to say, but that they want Adults to know in their lives.
0: Yeah. I think kids would want the parents and the adults in their lives to know that they're listening more than the parents and the adults in their lives think they are, that they're watching more than the parents in their lives, parents and the adults in their lives think they are, that they are even when they're yelling and even when they are talking back and even when they're pushing back against the boundaries, they are internalizing the messages that they're getting from from their parents, from their leaders, mm-hmm. from the adults in their lives. Um, and I think what they would want us to know is don't give up on me. Don't give up because I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean <sighs> – even as I'm pushing back against you, I need you there because there's going to come a time yeah. where I'm that's going to change yeah. and I need you present. And I think there is this temptation that we have as, well, they don't care about what we're saying, so I'm going to stop yeah. saying these yeah. things. They don't care about what I'm doing, so I'm just going to stop showing up. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. the most tragic thing in the world is yeah. they didn't actually want you to stop coming even though they said stop coming to my games you know they didn't want you to stop pushing Mm -hmm. the like creating those boundaries they actually like the boundaries that you have for them that would also be another thing just because they push back against a boundary doesn't mean they hate the boundary Mm -hmm. they just are at an age where they're defiant and they they're learning how to use (laughs) that voice and often they don't really mean the things they're saying Mm -hmm. um and so yeah. So that was think,
1: actually going to be my next like kind of mm-hmm. question. Should should parents give up? <laughs> like no, I, don't I don't know if up. I was going to say it that bluntly, but <laughs> you know, that that is a that is a yeah. temptation where it's like, oh, oh they absolutely. never listen anyway. So you know, no, um, they're they're what I'm listening doing is
0: pointless. way more than you think they are. And that is the 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 fact. And um I, I think that's also why having like adults who aren't your parents in your life is also really important because they sometimes what a kid needs is is an adult speaking the same truth that the parents have said for them to hear it. Sometimes it's like, it, it's the friend, uh, like the, the parent's friend who is the one who brings them to Christ. It's the parent's friend who says the exact same thing, the parent has been mm. saying. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like the, Oh, I hear this. And then, you know, it hurts the parents, but this will often be what happens is the kid will come back and say, Hey, why didn't you, why didn't you say this to me? Why don't you tell me this? And your parents <laughs> like, I've been telling you this for the last 15 years. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I learned that early on, actually, at a Mark Matlock conference where literally the the speaker preached almost the same message I had preached the <laughs> following week. And like I had three kids come up and like give their life to Jesus that night and then be like, Josh, why haven't you been telling us this? I'm like, literally, I told you the exact same thing last week, but at the same time, it's like, okay. It, yeah. Their ears were closed until yeah. the Lord opens their ears and opens their eyes. You know, they're, they're not going to follow him. And so, yeah, so so that's my that's a long way to say, just be present. Be there. Keep speaking those truths. It's getting through. They're listening way more than you think they are, uh, even when they don't look like it, even when they're pushing back. Yeah.
1: So what are you personally passionate about letting students know like what, what do you want for them? Uh, what are you trying to provide for them that perhaps they're not getting anywhere else? Where, where's your, I guess, personal passion uh, for students?
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, this is where I, I mean, I want them to know the gospel. I want them to know the hope of Jesus Christ. I want them to know that they are a sinner uh, who hmm. deserves death and hell because of their sin. And, that Jesus is the Lord over all of creation, that he died on the cross for their sins and to be their savior. And if they put their faith in him, they will be saved. And when they put their faith in him, when they are saved by him, that means that, that they're his child, they're adopted, they belong, that they are part of the household of God, that they have uh, a family, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, that following Jesus is hard, but it's worth it and it's good. And, um, yeah, so that's the main thing I want them to know. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we can do that every time we open the Bible. That's going to come up because it's in each of those passages. Um, the, why,
1: why do you think it's so important for them to know the first part that you said that they're sinners? Why, like, wh- wh- Why is that so important?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's because I think our world is telling them that, they are fine just the way they Mm. are. And that as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, it's okay. Um, and the reality is, is sin leads to death. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I want them to, cause, and at the same time, they know that even if they Mm. pretend like they don't, um, even if they say, no, this is fine. It's like in their heart, they know what they're doing is wrong. Um, when they're sinning and, uh, I think that idea of knowing the severity of sin and that God takes sin seriously. I mean, that's where I think for our our kids who have grown up in the church, who have heard this their whole life, this Mm -hmm. idea of the fact that they're a sinner. I want them to feel the weight of that more because I think sometimes it's easy if we have gotten this early on that we forget, no, my sin is a big deal. Jesus Mm -hmm. died for my sin. He paid the price with his blood. I shouldn't treat sin lightly. And so, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, and and with that, like that idea, that whole sin piece, I think is super important. Mm-hmm. I also see a lot of kids who they are putting on the mask and pretending and then they hate disappointing you. And this is mm-hmm. where it breaks my heart when a kid will be like, I know you're going to be really sad or disappointed or angry or upset with me because of it. And it's like, no, I love you. I you know, this is this you know, yes, what you did was stupid. Yes, there's gonna be consequences for their those actions. Yes, this is gonna be really hard. But I'm not going anywhere. And neither yeah. is the Lord. We're walking with you through this. And that might be that you gotta have this baby. Uh that might be that you gotta to go to jail. This might be that, you know, whatever the consequence mm-hmm. is, you know, you get kicked out of college. Okay. We're here. Yeah we love you. That hope is for you too. And the Lord's yeah. going to use this. This is why I love like Romans eight twenty eight so much. The idea that, uh, and we know that for those who love God, all things work for good mm-hmm. for those who've been called according to his purposes. And so he can even use your sin for good, even the consequences of your sin for good. And so yeah. I get, that my biggest thing I get scared for our kids is they they think they're going to mess up so much that the Lord abandons them. And it's like, you know that's that's not how it works. Yeah, and there's consequences for your sin, absolutely. But Jesus died for you, knowing that you were gonna do this. And-
1: yeah, consequences and love are not like mm-hmm. antithetical. No, like you can get through consequences, mm-hmm. um, you'll be fine. But you can't overcome lying or get through not being truthful. Yeah, uh, consequences are are easy, and then and just because c- you have consequences doesn't mean like you said, that you're not loved, that there's right. not grace. Right. That's a great message. How about, I I guess, to close now, uh, what would you say to um, those just starting off as youth pastors in ministry? Um, guide your your 15-year younger self just starting off as a, in student ministry. What would you say to them? What would you have wanted to know or, or hear or feel like is important.
0: Yeah, I, I think that I did keep going. Um, ministry is hard. God is good. Uh, there are going to be seasons that feel like you're winning, seasons you feel like you're losing. Um, the Lord is going to use both of those seasons. Uh, you know, this is where, you know, don't get disillusioned. Like, it's going to be hard. There are times, like it's hard, but it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I This is one of the things I, I do in the office, office often especially when things get get tougher they're exciting or or whatever it's like we get to do this we get to walk with people through the hardest parts of their life we get to sometimes Mm. be the punching bag we get to uh you know minister the word of christ to others we get to stand in the gap we get to like there's it's amazing it's not easy but it's good um Yeah, and I would encourage that younger person, don't do it alone. You're not a lone gunman. Uh, Find a community of other pastors, other uh, people within and outside your church that you Mm -hmm. can really talk to and bounce ideas off of and confess sin to and Mm -hmm. hold accountable. Um, Don't do this alone. Um, And yeah, as you're doing ministry, uh, also be... This is, this is something I learned like a couple of years ago after being injured a couple of times. Um, Don't let the ministry die with you. Um, I realized after that first injury, when I was gone for six weeks, I was like, my people, my leaders aren't prepared to do this without me. And so the idea of preparing like somebody up behind you so that if something happens to you on the way to youth group, you got, your ministry won't die without you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was really important. What you said, a, a few things. You mentioned it was a. It's the most like vulnerable or uh, time of their lives. The most important time of their lives. Like I can testify that that's true. Like mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, been part of men's groups, uh, been in therapy, been to therapy groups, and so mm-hmm. forth. So many of the issues come from this phase of life. Mm-hmm. Like it's right there. Yeah. Like this is a vulnerable critical part of life and for students to have people in their lives full of grace and truth. Yeah. That's life changing. It it literally is life changing. And the guys and gals who are in that ministry are literally life changers. So.
0: Yeah. So we get to do this. If you find yourself in that, this position. Yeah.
1: And I also loved what you said about finding other people to share and commiserate with and to be accountable to and to be real with and not to be fake with, right? Mm -hmm. So important for for all leaders.
0: Yeah.
1: So Pastor Josh Newton, anything else you have for us that you want to say?
0: No, but just thank you, Sam. This was yeah. delightful. This was fun. I appreciate you having me on.
1: I'm very excited. i um, excited that you're on. I'm excited for people to hear this, for parents to hear this, uh, especially too. And uh, for the church as well. Um, there is great reason to have hope uh, in the future. And I love that you're into First and Second Peter, those elect exiles uh, from verse 1-1 and um the hope that uh the glorious hope that we have i was actually reading first peter this morning Mm -hmm. about god who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light so keep being the light and calling kids out of the darkness and towards him this has been episode 105 of the bumper sticker faith podcast to learn more go to bumperstickerfaith.com you can learn how to support us and become a BS crew member if that's uh, within your means for just a few dollars a month so we can continue this thing. And uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Josh Newton, there's a little bio you bio of you on the Orchard's website. Also at uh, rootedministry.com, you can learn more about Josh Newton as well. So thanks everybody and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.